Hi, I'm Patrick Kagan, your host for Sales Hindsights, a conversation that combines my 30 plus years of experience with the expertise of my guests. And trust me, all of them will amaze you. Now, it's been said that hindsight is 2020 vision. So, my guests and I are charged with answering one thing for you knowing what we know now, what best practices and takeaways have the last 30 years in sales, sales management, executive leadership, and entrepreneurship provided to us that you can take with you. So enjoy the listen as we conversate for your growth. Okay, so thank you for tuning into our podcast, Sales Hindsights. Just by tuning in, you are already getting ahead in the process of self-improvement. During our conversation, you will discover that we make sales make sense. And we go beyond that. We tackle issues dealing with management, leadership, team building, self-confidence, entrepreneurship, and yep, life itself. So our goal will be to make all of it make sense. And we do it with a very practical and easy to understand approach. We give you those nuggets that you get to carry with you each day. And when life brings a challenge your way, you have the confidence to reach down in your pocket, pull out that nugget, and you'll know exactly what to do. Now, you're going to find you like what you hear during our conversation. And when you do, I want you to go to our website, pksolutionsgroup.com, for all the resources you will ever need to become the best version of your own professional self. In the podcast show description, you're going to find a link to my calendar. I want you to use that. Do it today, do it for you, and set up your own free situation analysis with me. And finally, I want to thank you for all the likes, shares, and follows. It makes a huge difference. It allows us to continue bringing you great content and great guests like I have joining me today. Today joining me is my friend Paul Halmy, and it's Halmy like call me, okay, because you're going to want to call him when we're done. And Paul has a fantastic story you know, we talk about um, happily ever after and pursuing our passions and the American dream of owning your own business. Well, Paul happens to have been a wildly successful Wall Street broker, and he, air quotes, had it all and decided to walk away from that and and pursue initially his passion of MMA fighting, training, and, and building others, and then turn that into a consulting business. And there's a lot of uh, bumps and bruises along the way, pun intended. So, Paul, welcome to our conversation today. Thanks, Patrick. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I'd love to hear about, you know, your your successes as a Wall Street broker and what got you to the point where you decided to to walk from that and maybe frame not just your successes, but financially. What did that mean to you and your family? A lot of folks should have that frame of reference when they think about pursuing their passions. Oh yeah. And I did everything wrong. So definitely listen and figure out how to do it because, you know, we always think like, Hey, I'm just going to do my, you know, chase my passion and do this and everything. And it was crazy because I did everything the right way. You know, I grew up, you know, in a not successful family, not financially secure, you know, and I went to college on my own, paid for that, uh, worked my way through college and I'm moving down to Dallas uh, with my best friend. He was pursuing a career to try to get in the UFC. And this is back in 1997 when the UFC was a baby. And it was like his dream. And he was down here training jujitsu. And I started doing that. And then I ran into a couple of guys that were working at, they were like, this is in uh, 2000. And they were like, man, you should come work at the place we're working at. And I'm like, oh, my degree's not in, you know, finance business. They're like, dude, the market's on fire. We're hiring anybody with a degree that can talk to people. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll try it. 
And literally it was the greatest corporate job I've ever had. I mean, I loved it. I mean, it was great. You know, I did everything right. Like I said, I built it up, kept getting promoted, go from department to department. Then, you know, I was married, two kids, nice house, dog, everything. But I just started to get more and more empty, the more successful I got. And I hear that a lot from people in corporate America, because you get there and you're like, I did it. And then you look around and you're like, now they want me to do it again for a 3% bump. All right. I'm really fired up about this. Let's have another meeting for the meeting to get ready for the meeting. And so I started seeing my buddy and he was hitting his goals and he made it to the UFC and he was fighting and I was still getting to help him. And I'd have to use vacation and sick days and all the stuff to get around it and talk to my boss. But like, Hey, I got to go to, it was always a weird sell. It's like, Hey, I got to go to London. And they're like, what? I'm like, Oh yeah, my buddy's fighting in London. I got to go there. And you know, so we started doing that and I'm like, man, I got to figure this entrepreneur stuff out. And he's like, well, help me with my gym. I start helping him and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like I've a lot of this stuff translates, you know, business and sales and marketing because, you know, being in the corporate world, I had to learn sales. And then I was a way better salesman than he was. So I was signing people up at his gym. I'm like, oh man, this is kind of cool. I think I could do this. And then my wife was super supportive. She's like, well, you know, she could tell I wasn't happy. I was getting fat. I was just, you know, not training as much as I used to train, not doing the things I wanted to do. And I just would literally work all day, come home, hang out, do nothing, you know, and just a never ending cycle of just, you know, not chasing what I wanted. So I was like, I will try it. And so we found a little spot, opened it up and man, it was not easy. (laughs) And I'll tell you, you know, I can see you on the screen because we do this via zoom. And I would say that your fat is my definition of fit. So I, you know, (laughs) I know there's different standards there, but what I like that I'm hearing and I hear a lot of this is people can get jobs and be what the definition of success is. And like you said, feel completely empty. And I equate it to, you know, filling up your cup, your body, your mind, whatever it is that represents your cup. And the cup has lots of holes in it when it has no passion and no purpose. And money, while it's nice to have, especially I'm like you, I come from a lower middle class family, had to make my own way, had to pay my own way through college. Anything better I got, I got myself. And I'm the same way. I could make a lot of money and find myself unfulfilled. And so I think that that's a common theme. And I know after the great resignation, a lot of folks liked the idea of working from home, felt <laughs> that the, you know, the employers had the better end of the deal for years, and now they want something more. And when employers start throwing money at employees, they're not flocking back. So what that tells everybody, it should tell everybody, money isn't going to make you fulfilled. If you have a shit job and you pay me more to do it, it's still a shit job. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, I, I like that what you said was, I, this is not going to get me where I want to be. And your path wasn't a direct path because you still went to your buddy and worked with him and figured out, I could do this. I could do this on my own. I can combine the best of what I did. Even though it didn't fulfill me, there were parts of it that I could bring with me. And you became a very good uh, salesperson at MMA, and ultimately, um, I know you still have those gyms, and it's it's like your pet project. But what you do now, you have the business called Combat Business Success. Tell us about what that consulting firm does for folks. Yeah, so basically, I took a lot of the skills, like you said, from corporate America. You learn how to do sales, you know, how to manage things, and then we started. I was doing a good job running the gym, and then I had another friend that had a really successful gym. People always ask us for help, and him and I were going to different conferences together. He's like, "Man, we should just start." you know, a company and do consulting for people and help them. So what we do with that is help people either one, start a gym or more often than not, it's improve an already running gym that's not making money, that's struggling to get by because they don't have these basic systems. They were good at jujitsu or good at MMA, 
but they never learn sales and marketing. And so they don't, there's this huge gap. And when you fill it, it's, it's super rewarding because you take these guys from making like no money to making like a crazy amount of money where they're super happy and it just changes their lives. So it, it's super rewarding. So when you, I mean, you mentioned having a six figure income in wall street and living the American dream, the wife, the couple of kids, the dog, the house, and then you just can't take it, not because necessarily you're disgruntled, but because there's more that you want. So when you get to the other side, was the grass greener when you got there? No, it was super brown. <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot of, I joke around, it took about two years of watering and fertilizing and maintaining and trying to build it out because the first year was brutal. You know, luckily I had the corporate job to fall back on because I was like, man, I'm not going to, because I had the two kids and all these responsibilities. I'm like, man, I can't just quit cold turkey. You know, I got to do both. So I put myself in a situation to be able to do both. And it was a lot of work, but luckily I was young and I'm like, you know what? I don't need that much sleep and I can drink a lot of coffee at six at night. Or if I drink coffee at six at night now, I'm not going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I mean, what would be, you know, some, I guess, hindsights that you might have that you'd say to somebody who maybe is a lot like you, maybe you see some potential in them. They're doing well in their job. There's no reason to leave, but they definitely describe symptoms of not being fulfilled or having those holes in their cup. What types of advice would you give them? Would it be things like find a mentor, talk to somebody, stay put first, work it out at work before you leave? What What would you say to folks? Yeah, I would. Uh, those are all like spot on. What I would say. One thing is find a mentor, find somebody who's in an industry you're interested in, and start. And if they're not around you, or if they're around you, follow them on social media. Start interacting with them so they kind of they start to know who you are. And then, literally, if it's something you're super interested in, like literally, go to the local business. And you're like, hey, you know what? I'm really kind of interested in stuff like this. You know, could I intern? you know, on the weekends, you know, and to see if it's something I'd want to do later on, because people are super open to helping other people, especially when it's making that jump to entrepreneurship. If you can find a mentor and then also try to find somebody that's in that industry that you could go intern and, and work at, because you might be like, oh man, I really want to, really want to do this dog grooming business. Then you go there for one weekend and you're like, there's no way, it, you know, it's like my wife jokes around because I was, I'm always trying to find other things. And I'm like, oh, we should buy a franchise and then have this, this, and this. And she goes, well, if somebody calls in sick, we're not going to go make sandwiches. And I'm like, Oh, yep. Okay. Check that one off the list. I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. Well, and I always tell folks, you know, um, the first thing I tell them is take a deep breath. S let's stay put first because you're not going to do something tomorrow. And if you do, it's really hasty and the pressure to replace that. Uh, what I find when folks get to the other side and the grass isn't greener, that other pasture wasn't so bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially people make six figures like you were doing, you can get to the point where you're comfortable and you'll put up with about anything. And that's oh, generations yeah. before us look at us like you're, you're stupid. Stay put, make your living, shut your mouth and collect your paycheck. <laughs> and that that has its merit. But people like that also look very unhappy for a whole lifetime. And their families were probably very unhappy. So yeah, um, super sad. Yeah, it is sad. And I so I applaud you for having the faith to, to take the leap. Um, and I think it is extremely uh, prudent to get a mentor and to say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Um, and I, and I had a, uh, a guest on Rochelle grow phenomenal at networking and mentoring. And Rochelle's advice is when you have that idea, find those folks that are in your circle, but maybe not in your close circle, the ones that you've, you've kind of grown distant from reconnect. So you can practice your elevator pitch. Here's what I'm thinking of doing and listen, because they're not worried about hurting your feelings because they know you for a long time. And I think that's really smart advice. Did you have folks like that that you went to when you were thinking of this? Or was it just like 
screw it, man. I know MMA and I know my buddy's doing it so I could do it better. Yeah, it was for me, it was scary because I didn't really have a mentor. And this was, you know, back in the, I would say back in the day, because it seemed like so long ago, but there wasn't as many networking groups because, you know, MMA was a newer thing. There weren't good business coaches. So I was lucky that my, my friend's kind of a bully I joke around with. Like, he's like, no, you need to keep, you need to do this. I'm like, dude, you're wearing me out. And then finally my wife got on board with it. I'm like, maybe there is something to this. Maybe, you know, I could do this. And she was super supportive, you know, and, and luckily I had him and I worked a lot of stuff out in his gym where I'm like, man, I know how to do this. It's like, I can get the people in then I can get them to try class and like it. Then I can get them, give us our credit card number and we can charge them money and they keep coming back. And then it's, so I knew I could do it, but it was just that extra push that I, it took from my best friend and my wife. Cause I probably wouldn't have done it honestly. Cause I was like, yeah, cause I was in that spot where I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of not loving my job anymore, but man, I got good benefits and I make good money. And it's like, you know, this, this is tough to walk away from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so t- take us, um, I guess from the migration then from, uh, just jumping into that MMA gym environment to forming the company of combat business success. And, and what is their mission? What do they do? Because I think it's more of a financial advisory group for businesses rather than it's not just a fitness and MMA business. Yeah, we, we teach nothing technique or, you know, jujitsu. We're not going to learn any moves, any like cardio, nothing like that. We basically come in and the, people will come in and they'll be like, Hey, I'm at $4,000 a month. And we're like, cool. Here's a plan to get to $20,000 a month. And we'll be like, to do this, you're going to need X amount of X amount of leads through, you know, you paid social media, whatever you're going to need your leads. Then you're going to need an appointment setting system. Then you're going to need a sales system. And then you're going to need a retention system. And then once you plug those things in the, it's insane to see what it is. Cause there's a huge resistance and it's a lot of people, a lot of industries. Cause I even joke around back in the day. I said, I, all I want to do is never sell anything. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I ever said when I was younger. <laughs> Cause I was in my twenties. I'm like, I'm never going to sell anything. That's selling stupid. And I'm like, then I got to my job in corporate at the, being a broker. And I was like, you know, I'm eating my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and look at these other guys and they're eating food from the cafeteria. I'm like, what do they do? They're like, Oh, they're in the sales department. I'm like, okay, I got to learn sales because these guys eat way better lunches than me and they dress way better. So, right. so what happens in the same thing with MMA industry, people are like, well, you know, I don't need to do sales because I won, you know, worlds or I won. I'm like, nobody cares. Nobody cares what you won. It's like, I know so many broke world champions and I know people that have never won anything that are super successful because if you come into the gym, you're looking for something, you know, you've tried your lifetime fitness or 24 hour fitness. You've tried cardio. You've tried things like, man, nothing's working. It's boring. It's like, well, Hey, there's just exercise alternative where you come in and you do jujitsu and kickboxing, you hit stuff and you hang out with a bunch of sweaty people and you have a great time and you keep coming back and everybody's there to support you. It's like, always joke around. Like I can't do cardio. Like I can't go to the gym. I can't get on a treadmill. I'll lose my mind, but I can go roll for an hour with people trying to maybe call it murder yoga. They're trying to like twist you up and murder you, you know, and your heart rates at like 150 the whole time you're burning crazy calories and you don't even realize you're doing cardio. It's like, Oh cool. I did cardio today. Right. Well, murder yoga, that's a phenomenal picture you put in my mind because I do love doing yoga. But, you know, you, like you said, and what I think is interesting, too, is when I think of folks coming into you, I think of them as like they're the buyer, they're the client, and they're convinced of everything they can't do because of their past or their history or their understanding yep. of something. And you're convinced of what potentially they can do because you've seen the other side. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, I, I find that uh, extremely interesting. And, I, and I, it seems like in your business, you're helping folks find ways to break through their mindset of financially what they're capable of. What do you think are the biggest limitations for folks that you work with? Man, that's great. Mindset is a huge problem because people are that such lip for one of it depends. Like if they grew up like we grew up, you know, with like lower middle class. And a lot of these guys did because 
you know, they come from a harder background. That's why they were attracted to fighting because they're like, hey, I can do this and maybe make money doing it. And then they get into the business side. and They're like, well, you know, I, I, I'm just a fighter, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a businessman. You're an entrepreneur. It's like you need to work on these skills, you know, read these. So we'll give them homework. It's like read these books, you know, read Jim Rohn books, anything with mindset, you know, going through sales training. And they'll have them go through our training where it's like, hey, this is how you do these things. And this is why you do it. And, but mindset's a big thing. And we learned that in the last two years. And if you had a weak mindset, you know, you got crushed because we were a non-essential industry. They were like, hey, guess what? You're closed. <laughs> right, right. Now, that's true. And you mentioned Jim Rohn and another one of our podcasts about personal positioning. My guest interviewed Jim Rohn and uh, they talked about the idea that there is this tennis instructor who wasn't building a client base and asked what this tennis instructor did. And he said, I am a tennis instructor. And in a room full of people, the question was asked, how many of you, 100 people, how many of you need a tennis instructor? Like maybe one hand went up. Then they reversed the situation and said, we have someone here who works with young children who sometimes they have ADD, definitely sit around the video games too much, uh, sit on the couch. They're not active. Um, they suffer from anxiety and stress and isolation. And he takes these kids and he gets them in groups and builds a community and gets them exercising and burns off stress and blah, blah. How many people need that? All the hands went up in the air. Yep. We're like, that's how you position yourself, not as a tennis instructor. So I'm yeah. sure you're, you're working with folks who... We have to work on personal positioning. What are some what are some techniques you use to position themselves as more than just an MMA gym for a bunch of greasy guys who who beat each other up in yoga or whatever? Mur oh yeah, murder yoga, like you said, murder yoga. Yeah, we don't use that one in our ads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of times we we have the guys position themselves. Like you said, they got to make it about them and about their story. It's like this is you know, hey, I'm you know, I'm Tom. Jones and I opened up this gym because, you know, I was 50 pounds overweight and I fell in love with jujitsu and I was able to get off blood pressure medication. And I'm able to spend more time with my kids and I can run off my grandkids now. And it's been life changing. So we tell these guys like they have to tell their story of why they do what they do and then attract that perfect avatar. Like we spend a lot of time when they come in as clients, like, who do you want in your gym? Because in the MMA world, it's super wide. And, it get, and I'm guessing a lot of guys listening to this podcast, uh, guys or gals listening, you know, they could be in so many different industries. But you've really got to narrow down who you want, because if I go out and I market to a bunch of 23 year old guys that want to fight in the UFC, when my core guy is a 40 year old father of two with a house and a corporate job making a lot of money, it's not going to work because these guys are going to run these guys off. And then these guys are get mad at these guys and it just does it, it just explodes. So for me, it's like telling these guys like really dial in your avatar and dial in your message of why you do what you do, because, you know, there's gyms all over the place. There are a dime a dozen. One of my friends said something really good the other day. He's like. They're like, man, it's got to be hard to sell jujitsu because he's in Vegas. Like, it's got to be hard to sell jujitsu, you know, when you're so close to all these like awesome world champs of that. And he's like, man, he goes, jujitsu is like the fourth thing I sell. I sell community, I sell fitness, I sell self defense, then I sell jujitsu. It's like, you know, so you make it about a much bigger thing, like you did with the example of the tennis pro. You know, it's like those guys, if they marketed, they could market as, you know, child development specialists through tennis. You know, which yeah. is way different than a tennis coach. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that it's important, um, you know, again, whether you are starting your own company, whether you have your own company that you started a couple of years ago, whether you work in sales for a corporation and whether you lead a sales team, I think it's really important to spend the time to do exactly what you just said, which is who is it you want to do business with? You have to spend time creating a picture in your mind or you, if you think you do business with everybody, you really do business with nobody. <laughs> yep. And then I think you have to do, like you said, what is, what is it you do? Why do you do what you do? 
And how does that translate? Because if you can't relate to your audience, then you really are, it's only your passion then that you're pursuing, which might as well be a hobby. And I think passions without direction become hobbies. And so I think that's really good advice that you give folks is define who you want in your studio um, and then explain why you do what you do and see if they relate to that. And that's really a way to have a focused marketplace. And you can do that if you were selling, you know, uh, toner for printers, if you're selling industrial lubrication, (laughs) if you're working for a corporation, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is you do. If you don't know who your target audience is, who your ideal client is, you're wasting your time. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the guy was guilty of in the beginning. That was a big mistake is I teach everyone and anyone because anybody's with a credit card. And it, it slowed me down because I wasn't going after the people I wanted in there and he, it didn't work in here as well. Yeah, no, and that's that's good. And it, it really goes back to what left you unfulfilled. I mean, when they said we're hiring anybody that has a college degree, um, you know, that's like saying we're hiring anybody that's got a pulse. Yeah, basically. And, in and 2000, found, that was yeah, the case. Yeah, and you found a way to make some really good money in it, but... Um, you know, it's, it's good. You know, we get, sometimes have people ask the question, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you do? And I think you found that for yourself, that you found oh, what yeah. you'd do. Um, and so I asked you the question before, was the grass greener when you got there? And it wasn't, and needed some tending to, is it greener now? Are these oh, days yeah. better? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Especially now. I mean, I joke around, like I didn't realize how good I had it until it was gone, you know, because 2019 was like, I was like, man, at this rate, you know, we're just going to be taking over the world and dominating everything. And, you know, we're just killing it. And then my gym gets shut down and all my clients' gyms get shut down. And the first thing they do is they panic. Like, I'm not going to do any, I don't need a consulting. I'm like, yeah, actually you need one way worse now, you know, because, but now coming out of it, things are getting better and I'm so much more appreciative of it. You know, it's like, man, I survived that. People are like, oh my God, we're going to be in a recession. I'm like, yeah, we're probably in one, but honestly, I don't care because I can still sell to people. I go, I've never in my life experienced something where it's like, if you sell something to someone, they come in your place, you're going to jail. So I'm not scared of a recession. They could, they could bring a recession. I'm still going to sign people up. I'm still going to improve my business. You know, it's like, it'll weed out some of the gyms that, you know, aren't going to do the things, but yeah, after going through the last two years, it's like, no, I'm good. Well, and that's, that's, I think the, the, the really important lesson of the whole thing is that you're not telling people don't pursue your passions, but you're saying be prepared for the fact that when you get there, it may not be the dream come true that you were hoping for and you can make it. And what you've proven to yourself is you can make it through most any economic or health pandemic that comes your way. You can find a way if what you're doing is defining your, your perfect market and catering to what they need, regardless of the economy around them. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one. But that, that translates to every level of business. Um, are there any lessons that you think, before we wrap things up, that you've learned along the way that you want to pass along? You know, the, the concept of our podcast is hindsights. So looking back on the, the many years you spent getting to where you are, What's maybe the one or two lessons you've learned about, I would do this again, or I would do this differently? Yeah, first thing I would do again is hire a mentor. I obviously, I waited a little bit too long and it slowed me down because when you hire a mentor, you can collapse time and collapsing time is the most important thing because that's the one thing we can't get more. If we can always get more money, you can always get more things, but you can't get more time when it's gone, it's gone. And we only have X and then it's gone. So in hindsight, that's something I definitely would have done more of and mm-hmm. um, is done that sooner. And then something that I wish I would have attack sooner and harder was, you know, really understanding sales 
and really focusing on sales training. And like I said earlier too, mindset, because your mindset going into sales can make or break things. You know, everybody's gone into a, into a store with a person you're like, this guy sucks at sales. You know, it's like, I'm trying to buy something from you. And you almost want to give the guy a book like, dude, you got to train. So, you know, for me, it was like, I was thinking a lot about marketing when I first started up and doing things, but sales, I really didn't start attacking until I got a mentor. And the mentor was like, he's like, bro, you got to get good at sales. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to get good at sales. And he's like, you have to. So that's one thing I tell people right away, you know, and what is the one trait or skill in sales you think that's most important to really be good at when it comes to what you're talking about? For me, it's benefit like uh, benefit analysis, mm-hmm. you know, because to me, everybody's coming in. Everybody needs something in their life. Like there's something missing. So they're coming in looking for something. And like, especially in my industry, people are like, people will come in. They're like, oh, hey, what brought you in? Like, oh, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to lose weight or get self-defense. All right, cool. Here's our schedule. Here's our prices. And they don't go that one step deeper. And one of my mentors was like, He's like, man, he goes, if you just do that, that's superficial. You got to go like, if they say, Hey, I want to lose weight. Be like, why is that important to you? And then they're going to be like, well, it's really important because you know, I'm really tired and I can't play with my kid on the weekends. Like, oh man, we can fix that easy. Yeah. It's no problem because you want to see your your kid grow up and they're like, oh yeah, of course. And you want to see your grandkids. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. It's like, well, man, if we address this now, who knows how long you're going to live. And then all of a sudden you've gone from like a superficial of like, oh, Hey, you need to lose weight. Cool. We've got classes come train three days a week. Now you're like, trying to find out why is this important to you? Why does, why is this the thing? And then when they tell you, and also too, it builds a relationship with that person where they're like, this guy actually cared. Like he, he asked about why I'm trying to do this. So that, that's one tip I'd pass along that, that'll help people a ton in their sales. I mean, isn't it so true? And, and how many folks who are air quotes in sales are there about the transaction and they're there to talk about what they do or their company offers or the classes that are available for weight loss or strength gain. But one question, why is that important to you? Yeah. One, and, and you mentioned not only is it a benefit because benefit has to do with the customer, not the salesperson, but you said it builds this relationship. I'm pretty positive relationship is pretty important in sales. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. And one additional question asking one it's like it's like I tell folks you know you don't realize that taking one more step is actually the step right around the corner and the corner appeared to be this endless brick wall that you could never get around one more step will make you turn the corner and look at the opportunity that's on the other side so I think that's a great lesson I think that's a great tip for folks Paul what if if folks want to get a hold of you um, I, I believe you've you've written a book. I know that you're a great inspiration. I know that you have a lot of really good ideas. What's the best way for folks to get some more information or time with you? Yeah, the best way is go to my website, uh, www.paulhalme.com. And then if you're on social media, I love Instagram. It's it's my favorite place to go. It can avoid all the drama on Facebook. Facebook or Instagram is just a happier place and stories and all that stuff. I enjoy that. So follow me on Instagram at paul period halme. Uh, and I give away a bunch of free content and different stuff that I'm doing. So it, it's a lot of fun. I definitely, I love interacting with people on Instagram. Shoot me a DM, answer any questions. Okay, cool. So it's it's Paul, H-A-L-M-E.com is the website. Yep. And then um, they pronounce it, haul me like call me, because they'll be yep. calling you. Perfect. <laughs> well, listen, Paul, I appreciate your time. It's a great story. And there's, there's, I think, some really good things in your future. So thanks for spending your time with us this afternoon. We appreciate it. Thanks, Patrick. I had a great time. So that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as I enjoyed participating in it. Every person, every business needs some help. 
take the first step in your own world. Go to the show description, use the link to my calendar, and set up your own one-on-one time with me, or go to pksolutionsgroup.com for all your bonus resources. We all have choices, and I'm here waiting when you finally choose a different way, a better way. Until then, let me leave you with some wisdom from one of my favorite musical groups, Rascal Flats. Simply put, my wish for you is that your life becomes all that you want it to be.